Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. Apologies for the lack of an intro, some technical difficulties on my part, but I think that we're going to fix the audio-video sync that we had going on the other day, so uh, that's the sacrifice for today. Welcome into the show. Thank you so much for being here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand. Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over. Nah, what's going on today, man? Like I, I am a little bit, I am a little bit, you know, distracted with this start. <laughs> It's brought to you by you guys, right? Uh, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Hit the like button for me and smash the thumbs up. You can put that on the bloopers for the end of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the show. <laughs> Shout out to all of you in the chat so far. We've got Gilbert here on Facebook. We've got Ines. We've got Toxic Tom saying, to hell with the future. Oh, man, now I got to fix this, too. Like, the comments look weird right now. Uh, Toxic, though, says, to hell with the future. Kept the best pass rushers on the team to go for it all worth the risk. Uh, Katharina, shout out to you. Thank you for joining the show. Ines, shout out to Paul, as always, supporting primetime as best as he can. Uh, we've got Gregory here as well. See, we're, we're trying to change up what, what we do here on the back end of the show. Uh, so doing some stuff here differently. I think that this is going to work. There you go. So far, this is Mark Aaron. I have not seen Mark Aaron in a while here in the chat. He says, I am proud of Jalen Tolbert. And how can you not be? How can you not be? But we'll talk about the practice squad here a little bit here um, on the show. It is finalized. The initial 16-man practice squad after the latest report from Todd Arker over at ESPN. Minutes ago, he reported the 16th man. Uh, but I want to start with the guy who didn't make the practice squad. And that would be edge rusher. Isaiah Land. As you guys know, preseason standout, training camp standout. And since the moment he was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Cowboys, he was the one that everyone was praising. Everyone was saying, man, Isaiah Land being signed to the Cowboys is a steal. Some people had him as a draft graded player. So some people expected him to be a draft pick, maybe a late one, but still. One of the gems that the Cowboys had in free agency, but they decided to not keep him on the roster and thus risked him to the NFL waivers. And sure enough, he was picked up by the Indianapolis Colts. Now, that's a tough loss for the Cowboys because you need edge rushers. You always need edge rushers. That That's pretty obvious, of course, by now. And Land was looking... Like he was ready to go. Obviously, you wouldn't be starting him on game day 
uh, not with a group of players that the Cowboys have, right? But we talked about it when we were putting together the projections. We were like, if the Cowboys keep Isaiah, they're going to do it by keeping seven edge rushers, including Micah Parsons. You were The thing is that the Cowboys are so deep at edge rusher that you were not going to risk Dante Fowler. You were not going to risk Dorrance Armstrong. You were not going to obviously do something drastic and get rid of Sam Williams. But, I mean, that's too crazy that we don't even have to bring it up. But it does apply for Armstrong and Fowler Jr., in my opinion. Those two guys have been producing for your defense. And you're not in a rebuild mode. You're not thinking about the future. You're thinking that 2023 is a season where you go to the Super Bowl. Like, that should be the mindset for the Cowboys with the team that they have right now. Does that mean they're Super Bowl favorites? Of course not. But they are one of the top three favorites in the NFC. So any other mindset, in my opinion, is unacceptable. So I understand not wanting to go down the route of keeping land over an established veteran who is guaranteed to help you on game day. So the Cowboys waived land. Uh, you could have made the argument that maybe they should have risked Hunter Libke, uh, but it's also a matter of roster gymnastics and everything. It's difficult to carry seven edge rushers and go into things with three running backs. And then what happens if you lose your other running backs? And it's a concern. The Cowboys lose Isaiah Land. And I want to ask you guys in the chat, it is, a, is it a big deal, small deal, or no deal that the Cowboys lost Isaiah Land in waivers to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, for some context, I want to say my first tweet of the day was, please let Isaiah Land clear waivers. That was my first, <laughs> that was my first uh, tweet of the day. Big deal, small deal, or no deal for the Cowboys losing Isaiah. And even though I, I even though I wanted Land on the practice squad. Even though I'm upset that the Cowboys lost him, I cannot go as far as saying big deal. I got to say a small deal. And I will explain why in a moment. But before, I'm going to read some of your comments here to kind of gauge how the room is feeling right now. Roderick says big deal over at Facebook. Toxic Tom says no deal. Uh, Catherine, a big deal. Small deal for Mark Aaron. Lance Bell with the stoic comment. He says, it is what it is. I really wanted him, but no deal. David Cowboy goes with no big deal. Gilbert, small deal. And Gregory, small for now, two years from now, could be a big deal. Boom. Boom. This is it from Gregory right here. He is dropping the knowledge, in my opinion. Because if we're talking about the 2023 season, my definite answer would be, no deal, because you're not worried about the edge rusher room right now. Even if somebody goes down, and I'm, I mean, if you lose one of your starters, it is a major blow, no matter who you've got on the, on the depth chart. So even if you lose one of your rotation guys, you're going to be fine because you have three big names, three big players that are producing for you at the position behind Parsons and behind Lawrence. And I'm talking about that combo of Williams, Armstrong, and Fowler, even more so with Williams expected to make a jump and 
you know, after being a rookie sitting behind the other two in the snap counts percentages, now he's going to be the third guy probably based on what we've seen so far. And it's going to be an upgrade for the Cowboys, defensively speaking. Now, Fowler and Armstrong specifically are two guys who will be entering 2024 on contract years. And that's where maybe you can start getting concerned because you can start thinking like, oh man, it would have been nice to have somebody developing on the back end to be ready to go by 2024. And maybe you can let one of those two go and, and play the cap a little bit. But I got to tell you tonight that if the worry behind losing an undrafted free agent is a worry that could start materializing in 2025, because uh, in 2024, excuse me, by the way, I said it wrong. They're not on contract years in 2024. They're hitting free agency in 2024, but it still applies. What I was going to say was, like, if this is the concern, then it does go to show you how spoiled the Cowboys are right now defensively because they've got Micah Parsons and they've got Sam Williams in there, guaranteed, for and Demarcus Lawrence for 2024. So it's not like the Cowboys are going to be missing a starter a year from now. It's just that you wanted to develop Isaiah Lant and have some fun with them in the future. Uh, so not a major deal at all. I'm going to say small deal, just thinking about 2024. And Fowler and Armstrong, keep in mind, even though they're going to hit free agency, they should be guys that are easy to keep around. They're not going to be out there breaking the bank. They're not players with a whole lot of upside uh, for the future. Fowler has been around for a while. Armstrong, the same. So you can get them back at a low price. So I'm going to go a small deal, honestly, approaching the no-deal zone. But still, we wanted Isaiah Land around the Indianapolis Colts, get, them on, get him on their roster. So time to move on for Cowboys fans after falling in love with the guy in training camp and in the preseason. Let's see some of your comments here. We've got Luciano watching the show from Argentina. And he says, Este sí será el año, which is, Spanish for this is our year. Actually, it is more like it is indeed our year or actually our year. So shout out to Luciano. Thank you for joining the show over at Facebook. We've got Sam Green saying Fowler is a hit or miss and he is older. So I would have put my interest into land as a project because of his upside. And I totally see the merit to that, which is why some so many of us wanted him um, on the roster in the first place, but it's also far from the end of the world, right? And even if you go into 2024 without Fowler and without Land, there are going to be other options for the Cowboys. He definitely isn't Ryan Nall, just Toxic Tom. There you go. Toxic says, Mo, do you remember Rico Gathers, Andy Jones, TJ Vasher, Jabril Cox, and so many other people, our fans anointed with not showing it on the field? It's the same story. It's always going to be the same story, right? So there is no other way. Uh, there is no other way of putting it. However, the Cowboys did return a lot of UDFAs for their practice squad, and we've got an initial look at it. So we're, I'm going to throw it up on the screen right now, 
And you tell me in the chat who's the one player that you think, other than CJ Goodwin, because CJ Goodwin is uh, would be cheating in my opinion, but who's the one guy that you're excited the Cowboys got back on the practice squad? And I'm going to go through the list right now. Earl Bostic Jr., undrafted free agent, offensive tackle, who was one of the most expensive signings by the Cowboys, actually an undrafted free agency. It was him and Lipke, the ones that costed the, the more. Uh, and both signed for like over $200,000 in guaranteed money. So you knew right from the get-go that these two guys were guys that the Cowboys liked. Now, Bostic does not make the roster. He will take a little bit more time. So he will be a part of the practice squad. Jalen Moreno Cropper is back on the team on practice squad. So undrafted wide receiver, going to keep developing in the back end. You've got Malik Davis, running back, making the practice squad. So a little bit of running back depth there. CJ Goodwin is a practice squad-ish member because he's going to be called up more likely than not for week one. And then the same for week two. Uh, maybe not for week one for the veteran salary, I guess. You know, it gets guaranteed if he's on the roster by week one. And I'm guessing that calling him up from the practice squad could count as that, but I'm not entirely sure on it. So I'll get back to you on that. Uh, the point is, CJ Goodwin is going to be part of this team. And I actually think his spot is going to be one that opens up pretty soon in the season because eventually they're going to have to sign him to the roster because the way that things work right now with the practice squad is per player, you can call them up twice in the season uh, for game day. If you want to call them up for a third time, what you have to do is sign them to your 53-man roster. So the Cowboys can't go through the entire season just calling him up again and again. So he's going to have to be signed at some point, and he's going to open up one spot there. Sheldrick Redwine makes it, the safety. Uh, he's going to be on the practice squad too. Sean McKeon is a big one. And I got to say, it might be my answer to this question that I posed for you, but uh, I'm going to look at your answers first, though. Jefferson says Lance Bell, the linebacker. Of course, Malik Davis for Jeffrey. Malik Jefferson says, oh, well, I'm assuming he was, uh, Jeffrey was talking about uh, Davis, but he might have meant Jefferson because we've got two Maliks here on the squad. Uh, Travis goes with Malik Jefferson. Gregory goes with Jalen Moreno, Cropper. Uh, Cropper for Rex Morgan, uh, Toxic. You, you ain't got to do me like that, man. Josh Ball is on IR. This is Mark Aaron. Yes, sir, he is on, on, on IR. Um, Malik Davis says Katharina. Shout out to Luciano. Davis uh, was the answer for Jeffrey. We got some clarity there. So continuing with the list, or actually before I do that, Sean McKeon is my answer, man. He is the one guy that I'm excited about him making it to the squad because although I'm excited about Hunter Lipke making it for the Cowboys, you needed the depth right there. And McKeon is game ready. There's no doubt about that. Uh, is the ceiling high? No. Is he going to be the one guy that you want starting on game days? No, sir. But the Cowboys are entering this season with three tight ends on the roster. So it's going to be Jake Ferguson, Luke Schoonmaker, and Peyton Hendershot that make the initial roster. 
you're one injury away from trouble, considering that the Cowboys are going to be wanting to use 12 personnel, maybe double down on the 13 personnel that we saw near the goal line with Kellen Moore last year. But we don't know if they will stick to that part of the playbook or not. But McKeon was one that uh, you could have envisioned being signed to somebody else's 53-man roster. He isn't. The guy is game ready. Might be under the radar. Might not get a lot of people excited. But I thought it was a sigh of relief moment to see McKeon make the 16-man practice squad for the Cowboys. So he's my answer for me. Like He's the one guy that I'm the most excited about on the roster. So moving on a little bit here on, on the list. Linebacker slash defensive end Tyrus Wett, another undrafted free agent. And we genuinely saw this guy be a hybrid for the Cowboys. Lining up at the edge about half of his preseason reps and then the other half off-ball linebacker. Could be an emergency situation, but I'm guessing that still you don't want wet on game days uh, yet. Brock Hoffman, emergency plan probably at center. That did have a decent training camp. I'm going to say also a decent preseason maybe, but the Cowboys do not have a center as of today to back up Tyler Vyadish on the roster. Hoffman is the closest that you have to that. Matt Farniak did not make the practice squad, by the way. Uh, so he, the Cowboys seem to be over him already. So Brock Hoffman uh, makes the practice squad in his place, and he could be a call-up for week one, or he could be a call-up at any moment for Dallas. So something to keep a close eye on, in my opinion. Princeton Fant, the undrafted free agent out of Tennessee, makes it. Excited about that one because I think that he could develop into something special for the Cowboys too. Uh, maybe like a rotational player in the future. We'll see. Malik Jefferson, maybe the game-ready linebacker that... And, not, and let me clarify, when I say game-ready, I don't mean it in the same sense as what I said about Sean McKeon, where I could be confident in McKeon being the number two tight end for a game or two. Jefferson, not so much, but... The emergency linebacker for Dallas, no doubt, when they enter the season with three linebackers or three natural linebackers. Uh, we know that Marquise Bell is going to be helping and all of that, but still. Josh Butler made the practice squad. Butler was a USFL player recently, so had a strong preseason. We saw him make some plays in the preseason finale, really put himself out there in the map, uh, had some breakups, had some decent coverage and snap so that that's one that interests me so gotta respect it Darrell Johnson the defensive end undrafted free agent also makes a team wide receiver Tyron Johnson also makes a squad and when I say team I mean practice squad sorry about that then this one is one of the most interesting ones Sean Harlow offensive guard slash center he is signed out of the New York Giants who do the Cowboys play in week one, ladies and gentlemen? Who do the Cowboys play in week one? Gotta be the New York Giants, right? This is how many people are interpreting this signing to the practice squad from the Cowboys. Like, could it be just that they wanted that 
insight into the Giants' offense, into Brian Dable's offense? It might be, but I also think those storylines can be overblown a little bit out of proportion, so I'm not going to really talk about it as a key to the game or anything like that, but it's still pretty interesting. We'll see if he sticks around after that. Uh, we know that the Giants went ahead and they got Dennis Houston. Was it Dennis Houston? So the Giants are also doing that thing that they usually do when they play the Cowboys in week one. So no surprises there. Yeah, it was Dennis Houston, as Lance says. Thank you for the confirmation, Lance. Uh, I was a little bit confused there. Uh, Tommy says Dennis is in Houston too, so it could go both ways. And you gotta, hey, like, I don't know. Maybe it makes more sense for a team with a new offensive architect like the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy. But it overall seems like there's there's no way that you change the the game with this kind of signings, in my opinion. Uh, Toxic Tom says, I always wondered if players signed NDA so when they change teams, they cannot talk about their former team's playbook scheme, etc. I don't know if they do sign NDAs. Like, uh, that's something that I'm not aware of. But I will say, if they do sign NDAs, I'm not about to assume that they respect that stuff. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not about to assume that they get to their new teams, sit down with their coaches, and go, oh, coach, well, you know, actually... <laughs> there was this piece of paper involved because it's not like it's not like they could even prove that they used the information from Harlow in this case or Houston in the Giants case, right? Can you imagine, though, how hilarious that would be having the players sit down with the coaches and be like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I put my signature in a, in a piece of paper. So... Uh, it, it would be it would be impossible to actually exercise such an NDA, in my opinion. And that's why I'm going to assume that they don't. But if they do, it would be pretty funny. That's something that I've never kind of like uh, asked myself if they do. Let me take a sip of water, though, because I'm, I'm in dire need of, of, of a sip of water. Sorry about that. Toxic Tom says, like, Rodgers in New York now. Some players never looked at the playbooks. I can name a few, says Mark Aaron. Like that Johnny Manziel documentary, which was pretty crazy. So, yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, Toxic says, I doubt it, but I, I've always wondered. Lance Beltas, I seriously doubt it. So, yeah. I think, I think, if anything, it would be a little bit on piece of trivia let's continue with the practice squad though alex Taylor makes the practice squad as an offensive lineman for the cowboys and then another name that comes from the outside this is a defensive lineman and man i can tell you the replies to the reports on twitter noting out the name of this man have been insanely funny because the cowboys signed defensive lineman Willington Prevalent to the practice squad. And I've seen some replies on Twitter, which were funny AF. They were like, oh man, I can tell this guy is sophisticated. <laughs> but yeah, Willington Prevalent, I'm not going to lie. 
do not know much about him. I know he comes from Tampa Bay Bucks, and that's about it. So some defensive line depth. And yes, I am sad, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted Isaac Alarcon to make the practice squad. I heard from two people who would know a thing or two about the situation that he had a legit chance of making it. So I'm holding out hope, but tough blow for Isaac to not be on the initial 53-man roster. So obviously that sucks. His name sounds like a private community college. His Lance Vale, like Greendale. Oh, man, I love community, by the way. Joey says, there are no secrets. It's all on video. Execution is most relevant besides talent, says Joey. And while that is true, it's not like the Cowboys have shown the secrets to Mike McCarthy's offense either. We've seen some of the changes, like we talked about uh, earlier here in the month, heading into the regular season. But that's what I meant when, when talking about when you have a new coach like Mike McCarthy, not, not, not a new coach, like a new play caller on the team, a new offensive architect, maybe then it could make more sense. But I agree with Joey, like when talking about it from the Cowboys point of view, what can they learn from Sean Harlow, who wasn't a projected starter or anything like that? What can they learn from him going into the, Week one game versus the Giants, they couldn't learn from Brian Dable just overall. It sounds weird, but yeah. Malik was a steal for practice squad, says Monty. He could have been, I agree. Rex says, who thinks that losing land over keeping that fullback was a good move? He better score six touchdowns. The thing is, you probably lose Libke anyways if, if he goes through waivers, like, as a team, I guess that that's how you need to approach these decisions. Like, you need to assume, okay, I'm losing one or the two, right? One of the two. Do I have enough of edge rushers? And could I actually, uh, let me rephrase this. Who am I most likely to use this season? And the answer is 100% Lipke, if you approach it from that point of view. If you ask yourself as a coaching staff and you... You know, you, you cannot control if they are picked up on waivers or not. You can only control, and, and especially with players that are more or less in the same level of likelihood of getting picked up in waivers, because I think they were more or less in the same level of likelihood. You could have lost Lipke. So as a coaching staff, you got to approach the decision like that, in my opinion. Who am I most likely to use? If that's your context, and it is a Cowboys context, if you're a rebuilding team and you're thinking, man, I want edge rushers for the future, then it's not necessarily that a question. It's maybe who can be better for me and most important and most valuable for me in the future. That could have been a whole different story. But for the Cowboys, it was, who am I actually going to use in 2023? And you were not going to get land on the field. That's the thing about it, in my opinion. Like, if you kept land on the roster, which is why I ultimately did not include him on my projection. He was not going to see the field all of this season, unless you seriously got hit at edge rusher in terms of injuries. He was not getting on that field. Not with Micah, Parsons, Williams, Fowler, Armstrong. He was not getting on the field. As excited as I was for Lamb. So... I understand the decision for the Cowboys, you know, with Lidke. 
they decided we like him better than we do McKeon and we're actually going to use him. So that was the decision there, in my opinion. Makes sense for me. Tommy915 says, it sucks because I've been a believer of Gabriel Cox, who, by the way, is not making the practice squad for Dallas. He is going to the Washington Commanders. And Tommy915 says, and now I got to hate him since he is a commie now. <laughs> there you go. I have a sneaky feeling, says Mark Aaron, that we will use Hunter some as a fullback. Well, yeah, like he, he has that prototype. It's funny because we've seen him play running back all of the preseason. We have not seen him be a fullback for the most part, yet we know that he could do it. And we know that McCarthy likes the fullbacks, and we know that if it's going to be somebody on the team, it's going to be Lipke. What I'm most interested in is how much is there going to be a fullback on 2023's McCarthy's offense? Because we know that he used them over at Green Bay, but does he plan on using Lipke consistently? Because he could be one of the prime candidates to be in the inactives list early in the season, if we're being honest. Uh, we, we made that a question last night, and we were looking at it. And Trey Lance is an inactive Scott Jr., I'm guessing, is going to be an inactive. Maybe the same for Juan J. Thomas. And other candidates are Neville Gallum or Jalen Brooks. It could be Hunter Lipke. It really could be Hunter Lipke. So we'll see. That being said, this is your 16-man practice squad. Uh, there is going to be an opening soon, as I said, because you're likely going to be calling up CJ Goodwin for two games, and then you won't be able to. And at that point, C.J. Goodwin is going to be signed to the roster because we know that they want C.J. Goodwin in those games. Going to be fun to see how the Cowboys navigate all of this. And speaking of navigating certain stuff, they already made the IR move. So Matt Walletsko and Nashawn Wright are on injured reserve. They will miss four games at least, at minimum. They will be out for four games. And the two open spots were used for bringing back Chumai Doga, offensive lineman who can do a little bit of everything. Maybe not great, but he can be this versatile player that the Cowboys have at, at you know, hand. And Trent C, because you do need a long snapper. The Cowboys knew that they were going to get him back. Now they do. So that is how the 53-man roster looks like right now. We went over it last night in case you missed it. You want to go through the entire roster. You want to recap it with me. Go check it out. It's on the channel. You can watch it now. Uh, but those were the moves so far. And if Kate Jork says Gregory is out there, go get him. How wild was the Kate Jork thing, by the way? For those of you who are not <laughs> familiar with the news, Kate York, who was drafted in the fourth round of last year's NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns, was waived. They drafted a fourth-round kicker, and they waived him one year later. He was signed by the Titans to their practice squad, if I remember correctly. Yep, he was. So I don't think, Gregory, I don't think that Kate York is who you think it is. <laughs> He's not that fourth rounder anymore. He's the guy that got cut one year later 
after being a fourth rounder. Now, I do not subscribe. I do not subscribe to the whole mentality of, of oh, if he's so good, why is he available in the first place? I don't believe in that mentality. But I will say that in this particular case, you got to wonder about it. You got to be, wait a second, wasn't he drafted in the fourth round last year? And it's not like they're replacing him for, you know, uh, I don't know, Justin Tucker or something like that. They're replacing him for Hopkins. They traded for, they, they, the, the Browns thought we are in a necessity to trade for somebody. And they got Hopkins from the Chargers. But they got to the point where they said, I'm going to give something up to get a kicker. That's what happened. That, those are the facts of the situation. So I, I wouldn't be confident in, in getting uh, Jork off of the Titans practice squad. He was so funny at LSU's as Mark Aaron. He was. <laughs> you know, truth be told, he was. Tommy915 says, I do disagree though, Mo. I think that Land could have seen some playing time this year. Ah, maybe, like, ah, would have taken quite the projection in my opinion. Uh, and I was excited about Land, but I was excited about what he could be. I wasn't as excited about getting him on the field in 2023, personally. I'm just thinking about it, and man, Fowler, Armstrong, Williams, they all had high snap counts. Like, Williams played in 23% of the reps last year. 23% of the defensive reps, it might have been 24. It was less than 25. That's what I remember. So just to put it in perspective, a second-round draft pick who was talented, who was exciting, we knew it was going to take some time for him, and he played in under a quarter of the defensive snaps last year. I cannot say that I would have expected Land to approach that number. Not with Fowler, Armstrong, and Williams in there. Nah. That's just me, though. Tommy915 says, is Chauncey a, on the edge list or interior? That is a good question. I have him personally on the interior because I think that's where he's going to play the most. Officially, he is listed as a defensive end. But that, that thing is blurry. That's why I use edge and interior defensive linemen because if you use... Defense event and, and outside linebackers. And you're not talking about the scheme or anything. It's tough to really dif differentiate between a defense event that is supposed to be more of a 3-4 defense event or a 4-3 defense event. It's, it's, it's tough. You got to go with edge rusher and interior defensive line. And I'm going with interior defensive line for, for Chauncey, personally. Hey, shout out. To Cyrus here. I appreciate this comment, man. I, I really do. He says, you're the man, Mo. Your show is going to be huge someday. That's what we're working towards. That's what we're hoping for. Thank you so much, Cyrus. And hey, if you agree with Cyrus, do me a favor and hit the like button because that's the way that we can get it to be huge someday. Every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And it is the single biggest thing that he can do for me. So if you agree with Cyrus, and thank you, by the way, uh, go ahead and smash that thumbs up. Before I get out of here, though, tonight, 
do me a favor and answer me this. What is your single biggest concern going into the 2023 NFL season roster-wise? can only say one. What's the single biggest concern that you have right now? Go. Let me know in the chat. And this is not an answer to, to the question, but I still want to read it from Mark Aaron. He says, I was disappointed in Big Bo. Understandable, man. Understandable. I was wondering if they were going to sneak him into the practice squad, and I actually had him as a practice squad player in my prediction. But it's tough to carry three nose tackles on the roster, speaking about the roster. So I can see that making sense. And, you know, we talked about Gallimore last night. Gallimore is not really a nose tackle. He's more of a three technique. But he's got the size that Chauncey Goldston does not have, and even Oza does not have. So he can be a little bit more versatile in that sense. And I wonder if he actually becomes the active player at first above Fehoko as Villami really gains some, ex uh, some experience and continues to develop. And that comes from, the, from this point of view. Gallimore provides a body type that Fehoko does not. And you don't have that Gallimore body type. You don't have a lot of those. You've got Hankins and Massey for game day. So maybe for goal line situations, you want to include Gallimore in there. Really looking forward to seeing who of those two is going to be an inactive week one. Because I'm, I'm very intrigued about that. And it might be a under-the-radar storyline, but week one, I want to see who's inactive, if it's going to be Gallimore or Fehoko. But anyways, biggest concern on the roster right now. Here we go. Linebacker for Richard. Center for Chris. Linebacker for Tommy915. O-line for Lance. Offensive line for Sheldon. Todd goes with health of Tyrant Smith which basically is the offensive line. So a lot of those answers so far. Joey Vela goes with linebacker. Mark Aaron goes with offensive line. It feels like it's 50-50 linebacker offensive line right now in the chat. Joey and Clifton on Facebook splitting the boats there too. Fabian going with the offensive line. So it's it feels like it's 50-50. And then some people are sprinkling kicker on top. I'm going to go with offensive line, too. The reason being, I'm concerned about the linebackers as well. But even if things go south at linebacker, I think it's a position that will not make as big of an impact as losing in a, a starting offensive lineman would for the Cowboys entering the season. Because I don't feel confident at all in what the Cowboys have to offer offensive line speaking behind the starters. I'm confident about TJ Bass, I guess. But even then, we have not seen him go against, you know, uh, starters in a regular season game. So we know that there's going to be a learning curve there if he does need to see the field early. But I'm not confident about Asim, even though I'm excited about what he showed in the preseason and I'm excited about his future. I'm betting that if Tyron Smith goes down, Asim Richards is not taking over at left tackle. It's going to be Tyler Smith. Because that's what the Cowboys would think it's, is best. So I'm not confident in that. I'm not confident in Chuma Adoga at all. 
not confident about any of that. So I'm going to say offensive line. Plus, yes, the Tyron Smith situation is always concerning. Like we've seen him be hurt for a long time now. But linebacker is a very fair answer, though, because there's too few bodies in there. You need more. You need more linebackers. So I agree with all of that. Uh, linebacker, what helps me out is we're going to see a lot of dying personnel. And we're going to see a lot of three safety formations for Dallas. And to me, that's going to be the replacement for the linebackers. It's going to be Jaron Kears more than it's, more than it's going to be anybody else. And no, I'm not, I'm not all in on Bell taking over at linebacker either. So as much as the Cowboys can stick to Jaron Kears, Malik Hooker, and Donovan Wilson sharing the playing field, we're going to be okay, I guess. Todd says, do we all agree that TJ Voss is a big upgrade over Matt Farniak? I'm going to go with yes for that one, Todd. I'm going to go with yes because Farniak was struggling last year. The one reason why Farniak was on my 53-man roster was that I was thinking, I mean, you got to keep a center. You got to keep a backup center. The Cowboys didn't, though, and they decided to keep Brock Hoffman on the practice squad, though. So it uh, goes to show you that they were not high on either of those to not keep a single one on the on the roster because they, they kept eight offensive linemen. Because even after sending, well, let's go to IR, the guy that they brought back was well, uh, Chuma. So they are at eight offensive line linemen, which you could consider going short on offensive line nowadays in the NFL. That's going short on offensive line. And that speaks volumes about where the Cowboys are at on their offensive line. So we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight here on the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Remember that every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And I will see you tomorrow night. Uh, muchísimas gracias. Nos vemos el día de mañana. Bye-bye.